Well, welcome to today's Revival Devotional. And this is the first day that we're going to introduce a story from Revival history. But before I do that, I want to read from 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is the verse that Elaine is encouraging us to read every day, to set our alarms to 7.14 in the morning and the evening and to pray for revival. And the reason I'm reading this verse is because what God calls us to in this verse is exactly what happened in the story that I'll tell you this morning. So 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So today's story is the Moravian revival. And this is a revival that took place in the 1700s in Germany, what we call Germany today. And what was happening at that time was that there was a group of Christians who were Protestant Christians who'd left the Catholic Church because they'd followed the teachings of Jan Hus. And he had taught that the Catholic Church uh, was wrong to teach the Bible in the Latin and not to teach it in the vernacular, the local language of the people. And that they were wrong not to provide communion in both bread and wine for all the people. And as a result, these Christians had left the Catholic Church and had established their own church. But they were now being yeah, viciously uh, persecuted by the Catholic Church. And they were driven out of their state and they ended up in Moravia, hence the name. They sought refuge on the estate of a local nobleman called Count Nicholas Zinzendorf. It's a great name. And Zinzendorf uh, gave them refuge on his land, on his estate. They called it Hernhut, which was the Lord's Watch. And uh, they established a church there, a community there that was focused on simplicity, on holiness and on just knowing Jesus Christ and him only, which was Zinzendorf's passion. Over time, that community began to grow and it brought together Christians from all kinds of different Protestant backgrounds. And as always happens in church history, they began to fall out over matters of doctrine and theology and to uh, to disagree quite strongly. And the community really fell into a place of conflict. Sindendorf was greatly distressed. And so he went to every one of the adult members. There were about 300 of them then. And he pleaded with them for, for them to be united, to love one another as Christ had loved them and to lay aside their differences and to come back together. Uh, as a community. And so he persuaded them to come together for a meeting in which they all signed a covenant of love for one another and a commitment to lay aside their differences. So on the 12th of May 1727, they signed an agreement to dedicate their lives to the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of them felt called to give extended time of prayer for the community as a result of this. And two months later, on the 16th of July, Zinzendorf prayed in public, in, in a public prayer meeting, the most passionate of prayers. It was accompanied by floods of tears. And that prayer had an extraordinary effect on the community. The community began to deepen their devotion to Christ and their, their life of prayer. They prayed together extensively. They met in small groups to challenge each other and encourage each other to live for Christ. And then on another event, on the 10th of August, on a Sunday, the, the other pastor of the community, Rota, um, called the people together. And this is what a historian said happened on that day. 
On the Lord's Day, on the 10th of August, the minister Rota was seized in the midst of the assembly with an unusual impulse. He threw himself upon his knees before God and the whole assembly prostrated themselves before God with him under the same emotions. An uninterrupted course of singing and prayer, weeping and supplication continued until midnight and all hearts were united in love. After this, Rota said that he felt that they should come together three days later and share in Holy Communion together. And they should have those days as days of serious preparation for what God would do. And so on Wednesday, the 13th of August, they met for the service of Holy Communion and the Holy Spirit fell on them like never before. Loud weeping drowned out the singing and electric anointing flowed through all those present with inexpressible joy and love as they shared the bread and the wine, knowing that they were baptised in the one spirit. The scene was so moving that the minister could hardly minister. And Zinzendorf described it like this. Christ came near to everyone present and also to those in our community who were working elsewhere at the time. The Saviour permitted to come to upon us a spirit whom we had hitherto not had any experience or knowledge. Hitherto we had been the leaders and helpers. Now the Holy Spirit himself took full control of everything and everybody. A member of the community described it like this. The Holy Ghost came upon us and in those days great signs and wonders took place in our midst. From that time scarcely a day passed by that, but that we beheld his almighty workings among us. A few days later a remarkable revival took place amongst the children. The children who lived in a boarding school felt the impulse of the Spirit to pray. And as they prayed the Holy Spirit fell on them and they prayed through the whole of the night. And from that day forward, they were transformed and their lives were transformed. On the 25th of August, the people felt a deeper call to pray. They felt that as in the Old Testament, where the fire on the altar never ceased to burn, so in the church, which is now the temple of God, the prayers of the saints ought always to rise before God. And so they brought together 24 men and 24 women who all committed to pray for one hour every day. The hour was assorted, uh, allotted by lots and they would pray for their hour. And so began 24 hours of continuous prayer that continued day after day. In fact, it wasn't 24 seven prayer. It was actually a prayer meeting that did not stop an unbroken continuous and prayer from that community for a hundred years. Yep, a hundred years, you didn't hear me wrong. And from that concerted prayer, God began to move. Six months later, the people held their first missionary meeting. In the next 25 years, they sent out a hundred missionaries. Now that hundreds, those hundred missionaries surpassed all of the Protestant missionaries who'd been sent out in the previous 200 years. And they sent it out in 25 years. In fact, that figure grew to over 365 years. And it spread to others. William Carey, that we know as a Baptist minister in Leicester, who founded the Baptist Missionary Society, he said in a meeting as he was calling that denomination to mission, see what the Moravians have done. 
Cannot we follow their example and in obedience to our heavenly master, go into the whole world and preach the gospel to the heathen? And John Wesley was so deeply moved when he met them on a trip on a boat to America that when he went to America, he connected with them. When he came back to England, he again connected with the Moravians in London. And it was at one of their meetings in Aldersgate Street that he felt his heart strangely warmed. And he was converted soundly and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And together with George Whitfield, they went on to lead the evangelical revival that transformed Britain and around the world. They were under the discipleship of the Moravians in their early years of ministry. And it came from the Moravians example that Wesley uh, took and saw his class and band system grow and the anointing of the Holy Spirit through, flow through his ministry. All of this took place because of that community in Hernhut, that they chose to confess their sins, repent of their divisions, seek God in prayer, and God answered them with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Let me read again from 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. May God do that in us at Holy Trinity and in many other churches at this time. And may we see revival in our day. Amen.